You are listening to the Fire and Lunch podcast. As a reminder to those listeners wishing to remain unspoiled for the books, run. This is an all-spoiler podcast. All published books and novellas are fair game. Thanks. And who are you? The proud phrase said that I must eat this pie. This podcast is brought to you by Milk of the Poppy. Feeling a bit down? Feeling like you've been stabbed in the gut and you need to perk yourself up again? Have a sip of Milk of the Poppy. Just one sip and you'll fall into a dreamless sleep. When you wake up, you'll be your old fighting self again. Not to be confused with Milk of the Puppy. Hello, we are Fire and Lunch. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 55, No One. I'm Katie. I'm Jenny. And I'm Lauren. All right, let's start off strong with some Frey Pie ratings. Um, We do have some write-ins from the other ladies, but I'm going to go first to Jenny. What was your Frey Pie rating for this episode? Um, I gave it a lukewarm Jared. You know, it's been sitting out a while. It's okay. Any um, particular reason? I mean, it it was fine. It wasn't as you know as exciting as other episodes, so I don't want to give it like a high rating. <laughs> Fair, Lauren. I'm gonna give it um, a Jared with a smidgen of sugar because of my Jamie and Brienne scenes. It was it was okay. It wasn't fantastic. It wasn't it wasn't awful. It was it was a good episode getting us to where we need to be. I do have a write-in from uh, Miss Rachel, who, it just to be clear, hated every second of this episode. She gave it a Simon. <laughs> like every minu- like every little thing about it was just dreck. <laughs> I think it all is encapsulated by like this one. Her title of the episode is "No One Wants to Experience This Many Dick Jokes in a Forty Minute Time Span." I think that pretty much covers it. Um, I am going to give it a Jared. Um, I feel like it was well written and it was well acted and the plot was moved forward, but not in a way that was particularly engaging. Um, it wasn't that exciting, even though we did get a lot of payoffs or a lot of like things starting up with Daenerys and Arya and Jamie and Brienne's conclusion. It was all right. Um, Jess told me that she gave it a Jared as well. A lackluster Jared. <laughs> any particular reason why? Same things. Same thing. Okay, so we're all. You know, it was it was set up, and you know. All right, we have an average of Jared. Um, average of Jared. <laughs> um, the awards for this episode, episode MVP. What do you guys think, Lauren? I didn't really have one to be honest. I gave it to Arya just because she survived. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll go with that. That's that's good. I'm I'm glad. Good. I said. I said she finally figured out that the story was about Westeros and that she should tell Danny. So Ned Stark Award, who would you guys give it to? I gave it to the Blackfish because, well, he decided not to get in the boat and supposedly died fighting. Honestly, like the Blackfish it doesn't even deserve the Ned Stark Award because it's not like he did it for honor. He did it because he was stubborn. He's like, well, this is my home and the end. And even though we knew that when his man, his, um, he's sitting there on the top of the ramparts and you have all the guards of Riverrun and himself and you had Lord Edmir down there saying, oh, let me in. And they're like, well, we have to let him in. He's a lord. And he's going, well, no, it's my house. I'm kind of going, bro, it's not your house. It's his house. What are you doing? There's no honor here. You're just being stubborn. But it's a trap. 
he, he knew yes it was a trap but it's still not his house <laughs> for a second that was the wrong fandom <laughs> he lost he lost fair enough um yeah so i don't even want to give him the award fuck that i'm gonna give the award to varus because he is very honorably going off to do something because he probably murder somebody probably murder somebody fine but he's doing it because he believes in something yeah varus you go sir <laughs> favorite one-liner i just kind of thought it was funny that braun said what everybody who ships jamie and bren bren were wondering that that was it i really you know like this was something that i thought was funny i thought so too i'm kind of just tired of that like those discussions and that language and i just it's i'm just over it so like i get it but i'm just kind of like whatever if it was a different character i would have a problem with it but you expect crass from braun that's the whole point i know one of it is that yeah you do expect crass from braun but also this particular scene is being written from the perspective of two soldiers. So they're like Lauren was saying it is going to be more crass, but you're also having a discussion about speculation on somebody else's romantic life. And this is how these two characters would do it. Honestly, it was you, ex- you expect Braun to be crass. You don't expect him to be all delicate and, 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 and ladylike. It's just not his way. If it was some other character that, that seemed out of... Like, if, if Pod had said it, that would be problematic. But you don't right. expect Braun to say anything other than stupid, wise-ass, sarcastic, crass shit. Right, and I actually enjoyed the acknowledgement that, obviously, Jamie and Brienne are into each other, and it is apparent to everyone. Yes. Well, that part was fine. Yeah, I really... I, I like that. I like that coming from these two guys who are not exactly over emoting in their general day to day. I really didn't need the callback to the Br- to the pod brothel scene, but you know, no one needed me. that. No, no one. one needed it, but it was like okay, no that's one. fine. Like whatever. That scene <laughs> no one. We got back to the title. No one. Great. Awesome. Love it. <laughs> um I'm going to throw in Rachel's other nominee for best line was Cersei's I Choose Violence. Because, I mean, they put it in the trailer, so it was one of their, you know, snappy one-liners. But I'll be honest with you, I saw it so many times in the trailer that when she actually delivered it, I didn't care anymore. It didn't have the same, like, (laughs) I think it would have had more of an impact to me if I just saw it then, as opposed to seeing it in a trailer over and over. You guys, we love this episode so much. <laughs> and we didn't, and, and the best part is we didn't all give it Simon's. We gave it Jared's and we're like, fuck no. this shit. Fuck it all. Just fuck the episode. <laughs> fuck the podcast. Toast to Jon Snow. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what it is? It's like there really isn't anything that particularly remarkable about it. So we're going through the, the awards and we're like, <laughs> Like, basically, I feel like this podcast is just us going, like, so it's all right. I I feel like our notes in the best Ramin moment are a metaphor for this episode. Rachel goes, I only noticed 18 times they played the Reigns of Casimir through the episode, and then I said, I like the end credits music. It was an episode. It exists. 
All right. Moving on to notable introductions and goodbyes. Uh, we had we did say goodbye to some lovely people, some not so lovely people, some Terminators. It was good. Uh, let's start with the inimitable Franny Fisher. Franny Fisher is uh, a character from a TV show called Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries and the lovely Lady Crane, um, Essie Davis, plays uh, plays Franny. So um, she's actually a really fantastic character. She's she's strong. She's smart. She's just brilliant. And she's a feminist. And she's all about what she can do for other women. And it's such a great show. So everybody should watch it. And she did a wonderful job in this TV show in the small part she had. We're very excited that she was on Thrones and graced us with her presence. Her death was she fu- died. Right. And her death was fucking awful. <laughs> like, it was unnecessary. <laughs> Fuck this. Um, yeah, speaking of her sad. death, goodbye. Yeah, goodbye to the waif, who is played by goodbye a lovely actress. Yes, the actress is actually really funny on Doctor Who in the Christmas episode from last uh, last holiday season, I believe. And yeah, she was also in uh, War of the Roses. She's just a lovely, lovely person. I don't know her name. And here she was channeling the T one thousand. I was saying, I was saying, you know, we've been wanting our our Sarah Connor Chronicles uh, season three um, revival. So you know, here we had a Terminator. We've got two Sarah Connors. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. You You might as well. I really like. I, I have this whole thing in here. I loved her characterization at the end there because I feel like this was a character who very was very devoted to the faceless men. She bought what they were selling, um, and she really believed that Ar- she had a holy obligation to kill Arya at this point. And it was a holy obligation for Lady Crane to die. So her determination in it, you could see that she actually liked the chase. She was a hunter. And that whole scene was her hunting Arya. She thought she was the good guy here. She thought she was doing what she had to do. We're all behind Arya. We think she's the good guy. And it was just interesting to see these two come together. So I liked the scene. I didn't mind her, you know, single-minded determination. I still don't understand why she was so fucking angry at Arya. Like, to me, that was never really clarified. So to me, it just seemed like she was jealous and angry and being stupid. And then the whole not doing what what uh, Jock and Hagar asked her to do, which was do it quickly. It was like she was playing with her food. It was just it was to me it was just stupid. And the whole Robert Patrick waving her arms well, very stiffly like the T one thousand was just dumb to me. The thing is, she didn't have to stab her in the gut the first time. She could have slit her throat and ended it like easily. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And not, you know, run through very crowded streets of Bravos and been like, I'm a faceless man, I'm a faceless man. Like, Jacken was probably, like, thrilled that Arya killed her in the end. It was like, thanks for taking care of that one for me. Yeah, that was the other thing. To me, it was just like, she's not very subtle for a faceless man if she's running down the streets and shoving people in their fruit carts o- over. Like, I mean, she's just like, sorry, guys, you can't see me waving my arms like an idiot, but this is what I'm doing right now. Oh dear! All right, but you, but you, but you too got the visuals, and that was you know yes. somebody could enjoy. That's what it. we needed. There you go. One day we'll add a video component to this podcast. No, oh god, a world, a world of no. That. A world of no. All right. Uh, we also lost the blackfish, so they say. We didn't bye see bye a body. Blackfish. 
We didn't see a body. We don't know. Yeah. It's fine. Exactly. Uh, we also, right. We also said hello uh, to Beric Dondarian. And I was Thoros so Vimir. fucking excited. I actually jumped up and yeah, was like was, waving was my arms and yelling and screaming and yay. I was excited that there was an eye patch on the show again. Yeah. I'm just happy that they hooked the hound up with um, some honorable people and not. Yes. I don't know if I'd love the idea of Clegane Bowl. I would rather see him join up with the Brotherhood and do some good. And if he does end up facing up with his brother, it, it's not in the service of this faith, which is like shady, or in the service of the royals. Like, it's more of a, all right, this has been building our entire lives. Let's just end it. I agree. I agree. I've never been that thrilled with the idea of Clegane Bowl, so sure. <laughs> Um, I did mention that the the Lady Stoneheart people are probably even more pissed right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah apparently what? there's a whole contingent of people in the fandom who really wanted to see Lady Stoneheart, and um, I think we still may get her. I'm holding out hope, but didn't happen this episode. I, was, I don't think it's happening ever. No, I don't <laughs> think it's happening. You know, I was sad when it didn't happen, and I was angry about that for a long time. But at this point, it's kind of stupid and too late to add it, I think. Like, I feel like it's just kind of like filler. And we have enough filler. We have Tyrion having drunk conversation scenes. That's enough filler for me. I don't need anything else at this point. <laughs> um, also, not like a fun little return. Fun being like, good, thank you. We can move this plot forward. Danny is now back in Marine, Which was dumb like out of sure. nowhere out of nowhere <laughs> she's like just the like the weirdest scene it was like right everything's terrible there's all these ships and they're coming to attack us and we don't know what we're gonna do and then like the door opens they're like oh no they're here and then like in comes fucking danny with her like perfect hair and like drogon flying away in the background like bye mom i'll see you later like <laughs> right like i'm back mean? bitches like yeah why where were you no she looked like she was running in because she was late for her dentist appointment it was just random. It, yeah, it, was weird. it didn't belong in the episode. This episode, I can't. Okay, here's this the <laughs> the best thing for me, honestly, in all honesty, one of the best things for me in this episode was the way that they showcased Bravos. For some reason, was really evocative. Like even the Hall of Faces, I didn't realize how creepy they were it was until this ending scene and just all the little cultural like showing the food show like highlighting all the different clothing styles in bravo so i feel like they made it come alive much more in their final scenes in that area than they have the entire time we've been there so that bravos i like it i'm happy with it this episode and we'll never see it again well then that's good it got it got a good send-off then it did. It did. Goodbye, Bravos. I'm glad Arya's leaving you, but I'm sad to see you go. Yep. All right. Uh, Rhaegar Alamo. <laughs> Jeez. Let's Rhaegar Alamo Jared moments. moments. <laughs> Jared moments. Let's be clear. <laughs> Jared E moment. I don't know. Um, favorite <laughs> episodes. Uh, favorite moments of the episode, rather. Uh, Lauren, what did you think of? I'm going to state the obvious of what I Stop. thought was happy. Um, uh, I was really excited to see Jamie and Brienne back together. Um, it's sad. Like, that you could see uh, it's a sad relationship. And somebody had, had commented, one of the directors, I think, he had commented about how 
they have this relationship where they they love each other but they hate the fact that they love each other and like i think that's the best way to describe what they are like it and it doesn't have to be a romantic love it could just be any kind of love of a relationship together and and that's what i gathered from that scene too i thought i thought it was i thought it was beautifully done i really thought that this was a big closure for them i kind of felt like okay we're they're done now i have to say considering that that is my single least favorite chapter in the entire series when Brienne shows up randomly in a dance of dragons and whisks Jamie away and there's no conclusion whatsoever. This was no. much better. Yeah. And actually I, I always picture that scene in the book for some reason, like I'm on a mountain far away from them and you see these two people just wandering away. That's how that, that's how that scene always <laughs> plays to me in the book. So this is two people actually talking to each other. I love uh, yeah, you and the hand motions I make doing this. Sorry guys. <laughs> I really I enjoyed even just like the sword interplay where she's like I'm giving this back to you this was yours and he's saying no it's yours it always will be for me that was more like an acknowledgement of what they share and how she's always going to have a piece of him and going forward like they they both know that this is pretty much it this is all they're going to have so he's kind of like look you're going to keep this with you because I need you to I need you to know that it's not just you. There was a mutual thing here. But now we're done. And he looked we're, hurt we're when she, when I liked she his said. stupid wave. Oh, what was that, that was Lord? just sad. He looked hurt when she, when she said she was going to give it back to him. Like, yeah, he kinda, was, he was, was like, a smack in the doing? face of to course. him. No, I gave that to you. Yeah. Yeah, well, because she's so, ex- she is so used to having everything be unrequited that she was just kind of going on, you know, business as usual. So that when when she sees how hurt he, he is, she's kind of taken aback by it because she's like, oh, wait a minute. This wasn't just me. You know, we were, we were both in this together. Let me have some respect for that. Yeah. I also think like the sword and like everything he gave to her is kind of like the best part of him. So he yes. doesn't want to taint that. Yeah. And also they're going to need Valerian steel up there in the North where she's going to eventually go back to. So yeah, she true. needs it more than he does. Also true. Um, I just want to mention the the stupid wave at the end, which was amusing to me. I just anytime he brings out the gold hand and does something dumb with it, it entertains me. So you know, whatever. Oh, I did like that scene, but it was it was sad and funny at the same time. But they needed a little funny after the sad earlier. Yeah. No, I I I think I think that was honestly the best part of the episode. The whole the whole, the interchange between the two of them. The River One stuff was good. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not entirely thrilled with the idea of Jamie constantly professing his love to Cersei to everyone. Although at least it wasn't to Brienne. But the scene between him and Edmure was really well acted. Oh no, no, no! I love uh, look. The Edmure Tobias scene Menz- was really good. Yeah, Tobias Menzies is an incredible actor. I love that after he's now done amazing things on Outlander, Game of Thrones is like, oh fuck, we wasted this one. Let's bring him on back. (laughs) They're giving him all these really emotional scenes and it's wonderful. And I love that they didn't actually kill off Edmure at this point. So we could have more amazing scenes with this fantastic actor who came in and did all this in like a day. So woohoo, Tobias Menzies. Thank you. Welcome back. I also like that we actually got the story that, he does have a child. There is there is the wife still. There is something. It's not just it's not just he's being held hostage. There, there's something for him to look forward to. 
Yeah. The Tullys are not dead. They're just captured. There's a difference. King's Landing! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Does anybody like King's Landing? Well, okay. Tommen sucks. Um, Oh my god, he's not getting any gifts for his name day from his mother. That's all I know. (laughs) Uh, Things are not going Cersei's way. Clegane Bowl has been cancelled, which again is fine with me. I'm okay with Um, that. I... Don't know where Marjorie is. I really would like to know what she's doing. But she's sure. fixing her bad wig. Um, probably. Uh, I I am interested in what's going on with uh, Cersei and Kyburn and what they're planning. Um, I guess the the current theory is that um, the brand vision of King's Landing burning with wildfire is a flash forward, not a flashback, and that. Uh, Kyburn's rumor, secret, whatever thing is that he found more wildfire. I agree with that. Which would be interesting. Oh, Christ. I have nothing to add for King's Landing because I'll be honest with you. You hate it, fanatics. I don't give a fuck. I hate fanatics. <laughs> no, yeah. honestly, the whole thing creeps me out. The whole thing. I just, I don't like watching this entire culture that we have built up with Kings as gross as it is, as, as it it just, you have this whole power structure of all these super rich, wealthy families doing fuck all to help anybody. And they're awful. Right. And they deserve to be taken down, but they're being taken down by this very Uber controlling, just fanatical, gross structure. That's not actually doing anything to help anybody either. And it's just creepy. Like, I don't trust it. It's just, I, think, I don't. I think that's good. So I just spent I, I all... think that's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and all the King's Landing scenes now, because it's also, they're oppressing people within the power structure that while they do have and hold and wield some sort of control over their lives, I'm talking namely Marjorie and Morris, um, they do so from a place that is really tenuous and I don't like that those are the people that are suffering the most rather than the people who benefit the most from this like power structure um, who do, who really are the ones who need to be taken down a peg they're going after the easy pickings and that's also gross like the whole thing makes me very nervous and I hate watching it so fuck King's Landing can I just say that I hope that Kyburn and Cersei burn everything down before we have to sit through a trial of seven septons because I might have to gouge my eyes out Oh, yeah. for God's sake, yeah. yes. Pa- pa- pass me the spoon when you're done, because I'm going to do it, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Moving on. Marine. Marine. More things we love so much. Um, so Tyrion's being wasted. Yes. Um, like, wasted as in drunk getting wasted and actually being wasted as a character and an actor and blah 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 um i was gonna say i liked once that like random battle suddenly occurred which by the way made no sense right well (laughs) i do that all of a sudden all these ships came into right none of that made any sense but anyway i liked the gray worm put Tyrion in his place and was like like hey you have no military experience. Please let me do right. my job. Right. I mean, like, Tyrion does. But he has, like, one fucking battle. And Grey Worm is, like, an unsullied. So come on. I mean, I do like that he was... Grey Worm was like, stay in your lane, bro. Like, we I let just you like do he was your like, thing. Talk, you're talking goddess into this. And stop talking now. Yeah, really. Like, you're you're done now. This is my turn. Um, I did like Grey... The whole 
trying to loosen up Grey Worm and Missende. I appreciated that Grey Worm, that one super romantic, just wonderful moment where Grey Worm finally makes a joke and then he sees how much Missande enjoys it and how much he enjoys seeing her laugh that you see his whole face transform. And I'm like, God damn it, that's romantic. More of this Game of Thrones. Not so much with the rape. More of this. <laughs> But I don't really want to endure those really awkward scenes again, so I'm also skeptical. <laughs> but that was such I'm, a beautiful moment. I'm really tired of him trying to get people drunk because there's got to be more to Tyrion than him trying to get people drunk. Like it's. But it's he such said a it at waste. the very beginning of the season. He drinks and he knows things. It's all he can do, and I'm kind of yeah, tired of it. He doesn't know the end of that joke because we've heard it 14 times without actually hearing the ending to it yet. So I'm just. You know, yes, another know callback much. I was annoyed by. Yeah. Ugh. Um. So all right, we've gone through all of our Rhaegar-ish Alamo moments. We've we've discussed our awards. We've done the episode. Where do we think this is all going now? We're kind of getting into the meat of it, where we're moving to on hell with the plot in a handbasket. <laughs> so I guess Aside the question that. is: the Brotherhood's talking about going <clears throat> north, and I assume that they're talking about. Since they are followers of Valor, they're going to be, you know, going to fight the Great Other and the White Walkers and all that. So, are they going to actually make it there by the end of the season, or will this be a next season sort of thing, and will this happen in the books? Cause it's, Who knows? <laughs> well, because the thing is, too, it's Stoneheart in the books, so Beric seems a lot more with it. <laughs> well, he's actually alive. Well, yeah. I mean, I have a hard time seeing <laughs> Lady Stoneheart, like, traveling north to fight the White Walkers, which, by the way, is a hilarious image that's just popped into my head. Um. Yeah, I can't see her doing that, but um, I think it'll be interesting to see Thoros back with um, Melisandre, especially since she's kind of half, she's kind of half not even sure of what she can do anymore. And then we have the possibility, if they're going north, the possibility of them running to Santa, and if the Hound is with them, then all the shippers will be really, really happy. And I'll be creeped Uh, out, but I think it'll be- Exactly. I I want him to get back with her, not for the creepy factor, because ew, but because I think it'll be interesting to see him having to be a different person from what he was around her last time. Last time he was angry and bitter and, and always threatening her, and now she's in charge. And so- now well, he I has think to go by it her would rules. be more interesting in the books. I don't know that their relationship was like developed enough in the show, but I guess it could be interesting. No, agreed. I really don't even... The only interesting thing would be for him to see how her innocence... Just the way she carries herself, she's not a scared little girl anymore. Yeah. And I no. wonder... And, he and she's is been go- through a no. lot. She's been through a lot. He will see that because anybody can. And I wonder what his reaction would be because part of the reason why he saved her was to preserve that innocence. And he's going through such a transformative stage in his own life. I want to, it would be interesting to see his reaction. Yeah, definitely. True. Definitely. Um, so also upcoming next week. So exciting. The big battle, the epic Battle of the Bastards. Which is a ridiculous I, name, but I kind of love it. It's it's a horrible fucking name, but it's amazing. But it's one of those names you expect to see in a history book. No, but it's a it's a oh, name yeah. you expect to see in a history book. Like the Hundred Year War, which was really 116 years. 
Like, it's just, you know, it's just like you expect these stupid names to sound, you know, fabulous on paper. <laughs> I am hoping that next episode brings us Ramsey's head on a spike. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. It's not going to happen, but it's going to be amazing. All right. Speaking of our favorite bastard, I think it's about that time to do a toast to Aww. one Jon Snow. Do we all agree? May you win the war. To Jon Snow. To Jon Snow. Cheers. Woo. And we out. Bye, everybody. Bye. (laughs) And so he broke that sacred oath, that Lord of the Crossing. And now the pie crusts cover his kin, and they're so good to eat. Yes, now the pie crusts cover his kin. Revenge, it tastes so sweet. All right. Favorite fan shout out, Jenny. Uh, I don't really have one because I was just annoyed with things. I don't know. I this didn't, is like, a, hold on that. a second. This is a fucking podcast. You're annoyed with things. Come on. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> I think we should reevaluate our our frame high ratings to just be like, I don't care. <laughs> this is gonna be like I'm gonna subtitle this. Fuck it. The podcast of apathy. <laughs>